This episode is produced with support from DBT Wellcome Trust India Alliance. At Nature India Podcast, we have had a lot of fun in the last few months bringing to you some wonderful stories from very interesting and unusual workplaces of Indian scientists. We got a peek into their daily lives and walked with them as they graciously took us through their passionate and sometimes deeply emotional stories. Today's episode is a wrap-up of sorts of I'm a Scientist and This is Where I Work, a series we will miss producing for you immensely. In nine episodes of this popular series, we hope we've been able to demystify the lives of scientists even if a wee bit. The public perception of science is a tad cliched, isn't it? Test tubes, rockets, smelly labs, old men in their experiments. That's the perception, but that perception is changing fast and we hope we did our little bit to clear some air around that. In this podcast series, we shadowed scientists working in unusual and unique settings, in various disciplines of science, in so many different landscapes, from caves to tree canopies, from oceans to the Himalayas, from a drone lab to a baby speech lab, from wildlife sanctuaries to the deep recesses of human brain. I am Shubhra Priyadarshini and I've loved producing this series with Aroma Varsi and we are reminiscing today about the fantastic run this series has had in the last nine months. The kind of love our audiences have showered on us is truly humbling. Absolutely, Shubhra. How different has this experience been? So enriching. For instance, think of the time we were at the drone lab in Indian Institute of Technology, Delhi with Sarita Ehlavat and her drones. We learned how the little flying machines go from the lab to the skies in perfect synchrony. Her workplace quite literally buzzed with ideas and cutting-edge technology. Very soon, uh, you will hear a drone buzzing around me. Uh, so one uh, constant noise that you hear in our lab is the drone, small drones flying. We are testing them, calibrating them, getting them ready for the flight. One of the drone is now flying near me and uh, what uh, my colleague Sujit is doing is he's calibrating the system and is qualifying for the flight. Sheer energy and excitement and passion. Sarita has had many successful drone shows since we spoke to her on our podcast. Now, these are high-octane drone swarm shows creating breathtaking images in the night sky. And these have to adhere to the highest standards of security. So we do not take chance. So what we have done as a security precaution, and it has taken us uh, one year of coding. Uh, so we do something called geofencing. So we create a fence on each drone that it will stay only in a defined area. So let's say if I'm making a formation in Rashpati Bhavan, so I do not want my drone to cross and, you know, go meet Prime Minister because then I will be in a lot of trouble. So what we did is we created a geofence and uh, so if the drone, let's say some sensor has gone off and now the drone is not listening to any of the commands that we have put in, 
once it crosses the geo fence the drone uh, the code way what we have put on each drone is that it will commit a suicide it will fall uh, as soon as it try to cross the geo fence how interesting this series has really been about ambient noises no helping us get the feel of these workplaces like when we traveled with behavioral ecologist manjri jain from icer mohali trying to understand how birds communicate inside a noisy jungle when i entered the forest it was just so noisy there was a cacophony of sounds my heart sank but uh, senses with respect what you can hear you are overloaded there and i could hear crickets and frogs and all kinds of eerie sounds uh, everywhere and uh, there were calls of civets which uh, it, it took me a very long time to figure out these are the calls of civets and lorises uh, which sound like shriek uh, like someone is shrieking inside the forest which all you know uh, relate to the very conventional notion of a forest being a extremely dangerous place and of course i would get extremely scared listening to some kinds of sounds but with some practice and with time in the forest i got used to what each of these forest uh, sounds actually mean some might find these sounds petrifying but for manjiri there's method in this madness to her the cacophony offers important clues on avian communication and talking of communication what could be more complex than to decipher the language of a small child with communication difficulties remember when we spoke to shobha s meera the speech language pathologist at nimhans bengaluru who works with such babies she opened up her colorful and musical lab full of toys and songs for us to understand how parents of autistic children decode their language better so our labs are really well very beautiful they have nice very very nice pastel hues very interesting cartoons painted so it's very nice and very vibrant several times they bring back childhood memories to all of us who work there and uh, what we do in our labs is if somebody just walks in they will find toys anything that you want anything that you think of the child can play with but actually there is so much science there every toy there is actually a tool through which we evaluate a child's ability to understand a child's ability to manipulate a child's ability to build on it so that's one of the things the second thing we do is record the child's natural environment so we have a, re- a recorder which once switched on will record the entire 16 hours of the baby wherever the baby goes whatever the baby hears whatever the baby does So once the recorder is returned to us we then connect it to the computer which has a specialized program and this it's called the lena device and the lena software so this program once we connect the recorder to the program the program gives us automatic counts of how many words the child has heard or how many words did the parents talk how many times the parents spoke and the child returned a response so that it also gives us a count of how many times the to and fro activity happened and that's called conversational turns so we don't have large mri equipments or big test I mean, big hoods or test tubes but we surely have uh, these very tiny recorders for our tiny humans but it's very powerful and gives us so much insight Yes, yes, such a cute episode with baby babble throughout. This one was clearly one of my absolute favorites. And from analyzing the brain to diving deep into the oceans, we had Sujit Ghosh from Aisapune sharing his unique story of recovering from an unusual source that is seawater, a record haul of uranium. 
the chemical that powers nuclear reactors and therefore is great news for an energy deficient planet. Uranium will get collected there the way until scientists have tried for this application. Like we can put it in fiber and in a long thread and we can dip it in sea for few months. And then we can extract after few months and then uranium can be collected again and again. Okay, that means we can reuse it. That is one way. Another way we can do it like near sea, we can pump a lot of water and pass through this material and it can capture uranium from seawater. I am very hopeful that this technology will work one day in real application. Then we can solve the problem of power by generating unlimited power using uranium as nuclear fuel from seawater. Although English is the prominent language of science in India, some scientists we interviewed were equally at ease with communicating their science in Hindi. I was specially impressed by engineer and astrophotographer Dorji Angchuk, who opened up his observatory up in the higher altitudes of Leh. Dorji is an integral part of the Indian Astronomical Observatory in Hanley and took us on a magical journey of beautiful landscapes and serene night skies with his pictures. Leh Manali Road से निकलेंगे जो Manali direction की तरफ जाता है तो वो 50 किलोमीटर तक जैसे पहुंचते हैं तो हमें diversion left side से लेंगे आगे बाकी 200 किलोमीटर हम हल्ले की तरफ सिंधु नदी के साथ साथ चलते रहेंगे बीच में हमें hot spring अचुमातंग hot spring दिखने के लिए मिल जाता है जो observatory जो area है वो flat land है हमें सबसे पहला जो दृश्य दिखता है वो हल्ले and Abhitamim Vanak, animal ecologist and conservation biologist, who spoke about his research on interactions between domestic animals, wildlife and humans. Abhi, in fact, reasoned some of his controversial remarks on why we shouldn't feed dogs or plant trees without much thought. Yes, so this is a controversial, obviously, because people say, how do you say that a person is just eating food? There are conflicts between humans and people, and it doesn't have any benefit from it. Every year, how many children die from attacks? हमारा ये कहना है कि कुत्तों को अगर आपको देखभाल करना है तो या तो आप अडॉप्ट कीजिए या तो गवर्नमेंट को एक पॉलिसी करनी चाहिए उनको शेल्टर करने के लिए बाकी सारे देशों में यही किया जाता है लेकिन इंडिया सिर्फ एक ऐसी एक कंट्री है जहां पे उन्होंने एक स्पेशल कैटेगरी किया है जहां कुत्तों को आप सिर्फ स्ट्रीट्स पर रखेंगे और वहीं पे खाना खिलाएंगे तो ये गलत बात है मेरा मानना है स्टेरिलाइजेशन करने के लिए जो हमको फैसिलिटीज चाहिए और जो स्केल पे वो करना चाहिए वो हम बिल्कुल अचीव नहीं कर पाते जैसे-जैसे थोड़ा हम लगभग रिसर्च किया है तब हमको पता चल रहा है कि सिर्फ ट्रीज प्लांट करने से कुछ नहीं होता है गलत जगह पे गलत ट्री प्लांट करोगे तो उससे ज्यादा नुकसान होगा एक्चुअली हमारा पानी का प्रॉब्लम इंक्रीज होता है क्योंकि ट्रीज को बहुत सारा पानी चाहिए सवाना हैबिटेट्स में जहां जैसे कि खुले ग्रासलैंड हैबिटेट्स है वहां पे ट्रीज प्लांट करेंगे तो एक तो वो ट्रीज जो सैपलिंग्स है उनका सर्वाइवल रेट कम होता है और दूसरा है कि जो ग्रासलैंड्स है वही नेचुरल हैबिटेट है उसके ऊपर बहुत सारे डिपेंडेंट स्पीशीज है तो हम फिर ग्रासलैंड हैबिटेट को भी खराब कर रहे हैं डिस्ट्रॉय कर रहे हैं 
तो इसलिए हम कहते हैं कि अगर आपको ट्रीज प्लांट करना है तो फॉलो द फोर आर्स फोर आर मतलब राइट ट्री राइट प्लेस राइट रीजन एंड राइट सीजन All these scientists had such diverse and interesting workplaces but none scarier than the Bhaskers cave geomicrobiologists Sushmita and Ramanathan Bhaskar the couple exploring subterranean caves to look for signatures that might help better define the earth's past and future actually set out some really neat couple goals for scientists couples it provides us moral and professional support and it boosts both of us professionally and then if you have your spouse as your uh, coworker then she will be honest with you and she knows your strength and limitation she can criticize you two heads are better than one and we use the power of teamwork to put larger ideas into action no doubt uh, throughout the journey it is friendship and companionship in fact I am reminded of Henry Ford's quote coming together is beginning staying together is progress and working together is success of course there are some uh, one or two disadvantages in the sense that you need to set boundaries at work as well as at home then you need to prioritize your task and divide them uh, almost uh, so that no partner is overburdened because of the work sometimes when we are writing a paper it goes up even up to 2 am or 3 am the morning and we don't realize that it is morning but basically uh, life has been really good and uh, i'm grateful to the almighty that i have a partner who is able to understand and um, we are able to research together in this exciting field such beautiful synergy happiness in scientific pursuits demanding precision patience and effort giving shape to their research meeting all odds this series was special also because we not just got a peek into the cutting edge research of these scientists but also got to hear the humans behind them the emotions that drive them har baar jab main drones ko udte dekhti hu ki humne kuch change kiya to usme immense satisfaction milti hai aur khushi milti hai ki humne kuch banaya और वो उड़ गया हमको इससे सबसे खुशी मिलती है कि एवरी सिंगल टाइम दिस मशीन इज डूइंग जो हम उससे कराना चाह रहे हैं वो कर रही है एंड नहीं कर रही है तो उस टाइम दुख होता है बट करेक्शन करके फिर हम लोग जाते हैं और इसी से हमें हिम्मत भी मिलती है इंस्पिरेशन भी मिलती है कि आप करते रहिए और मैं जब चाहता हूँ की कहीं भी जाओ तो मुझे मैं अपने आप बंद करता हूँ तो वहीं पे अपने आप को ट्रांसपोर्ट कर लेता हूँ उसी खुले मैदान में जहाँ पे बहुत अच्छी घास हो घास का कलर को भी हो ग्रीन हो ब्राउन हो मुझे नहीं फर्क पड़ता है खुला आसमान और जो खुले विस्तार से वो बहुत अच्छे लगते हैं वही मेरा फेवरेट हैबिटेट है माई डे ऑलमोस्ट एवरी डे एंड विद अनादर मीडियम ऑफ कम्युनिकेशन डांस Indian classical dance bharatanatyam and interacting with children in the evening through dance gives me a whole new perspective about um communication about children dancing i would say has been a very steady companion bahut acha samay guzra hai mere liye to agar halle dance ka reserve achhi tarah se chale to wo kafi satisfying rahega aur chahat to ye hai ki har jagah aur bhi dance ka reserve century bane jo hamare purvaj जिसको एक्सपीरियंस और एंजॉय करते हैं सब लोग अभी भी करें तो वो मेरी मोटिवेशन अभी लाइफ में वर्किंग विद द नेचुरल साउंड वाज समथिंग दैट गेव मी प्लेजर ऑल अलोंग एंड इट वाज नॉट अ डिफिकल्ट डिसीजन फॉर मी इट्स मैराथन एंड नॉट अ स्प्रिंट 
And that explains basically why we are going to miss producing this series so much. But of course, all good things must come to an end. And of course, an exciting new season also awaits us. And I can only tell you that it's going to be on an equally exciting new topic. So stay tuned. This is Shubhra Priyadarshini. And this is Aroma Varsi. Wrapping up the I Am A Scientist and This Is Where I Work series. And though you know exactly where to find us, just letting you know once more, we are on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and you could even subscribe to our RSS feed. Till the next season, keep listening to us at the Nature India Podcast. This episode was produced with support from DBT Wellcome Trust India Alliance.